This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Hell yeah. It gets me pumped. It gets me pumped for the show. Welcome, everybody. Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ, the interactive video show where you can be a part of the show. We do have a subscriber in the backstage area, uh, Rev Buddy Green. We'll bring him on to chill with us after we get started here. Uh, a lot of stuff to get into, but of course, as you know, smoke out if you're a subscriber. Less than a dollar a week. You can be part of the show. You can be in the private chat room if you want. You can be on audio only. You can be on video. Whatever it is you would like to do, participate in the show and whatever we got going on, ask questions, all of that stuff. It is very awesome. Channelattitude.com for less than $1 a week. Every week, I'll send you the link to the show on StreamYard. You can chill with us as we record Big show tonight, of course, will be uh, announcing the giveaway winner. Someone who gets 10 minutes, 10 whole minutes with Shelly. You better be prepared. You want to, like, I don't know, blow your wad in the first two minutes, as it were, so to speak. And then you have nothing to talk about. That's embarrassing. Don't do that. Have notes. I have notes for every show when I'm talking with Shelly. So you should have notes for your chat if you were lucky enough to win. Uh, before we bring Buddy on, Shelly, how are things uh, in your world? Better than, Better than last. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> so you can ask for an improvement. <laughs> Thank God. Because, you know, I had that ugly headache last week. Mm -hmm. And after, like I said last week, after I dyed my hair, it didn't even look different. I'm so glad to say that yesterday I had a photo shoot. And that's when I could finally see that there was a difference. You can't tell on here, but there is a difference. So I guess the headache was worth it, but I'm so glad I don't have it today. And we won't be returning to mullet Shelly anytime soon. <laughs> no. That no mullets. Be, <laughs> They've never done that. <laughs> That's a look. <laughs> there ever was one. Uh, as I said, <clears throat> excuse me, subscribers can be a part of the show on the, uh, on the line in the backstage area. We have Rev. Buddy Green, who's like he's uh, well prepared for oh, wow. going on. Going. How's it going, buddy? Good. How are you guys doing today? Doing damn good. Uh, how'd you find the show? How when did you want to be a subscriber? Um, I saw I saw um, in the, on Vince's channel. I saw you guys preview, and I was like, I got to get on that. Hell yeah! So we'd like to hear. Yeah, I'm also in Colorado, like Vince is. Uh. Nice. I'm, I'm glad. I like the props. People, if you subscribers, if you're going to be on the show, come with big ass, cool looking props like that. <laughs> <clears throat> the big volcano. Smoke bit. smoke out. Hell yeah. I used to have this vaporizer, and it would fill up bags like that. Not like the volcano where they're huge bags, but they're probably about like this big. And my friends and I used to call it happy air. So I love that you have brought your happy air today <laughs> something to carry around with you yes oh yeah well thanks buddy for being a subscriber and uh for chilling with us if you got a question or anything let me know and uh otherwise just you know chill with us as we do the show the whole, cool. uh, whole plan awesome shelly <laughs> uh, we will get to the giveaway winner here in a little while i want to build the suspense for people to like to wait not know just be like, oh, and as the show goes on, they just get more and more anxious. Like, just tell me if I won, damn it. No. I'm going to wait. <laughs> you have to be patient. And don't tell me what to do. 
I don't like it. Exactly. Anyway, Shelly, um, you were recently on, uh, once again, the Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. And as I've said before, uh, I've been on it twice. Now you've been on it twice. Basic premise of the podcast is <clears throat> a couple comedians. Uh, Kevin, I guess the other Kevin is leaving or has left. Uh, so I don't know if the new guy is like a permanent co-host or they're going to rotate co-host. I didn't pay that much attention as I should have. But in any case, Gutting the Sacred Cow, they have someone come on to basically gut a beloved movie, whether it's critically acclaimed or box office draw or whatever. And they have someone come on and destroy that movie. And you see if you can convince the host that it was actually a bad movie. Uh, I didn't do as well with Taxi Driver, my first movie. They kind of disagree with me. They kind of thought, well, I mean, they kind of they were on the fence with Taxi Driver. But with Wizard of Oz, I did convince them that that is a movie worthy of ridicule. Uh, Shelly's had some great experiences on the show. The first time Shelly was on the show, for those of you who didn't watch the episode we talked about it in, not only <coughs> Shelly ended up liking the movie that she watched, which is supposed to come on the show and destroy the movie, not only did she like the movie that she watched, she watched the wrong movie completely and talked about the wrong movie through the duration of the show until about 20 minutes in, they were like, you know what? We have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Who are these people you're talking about? It was supposed to be Dumb and Dumber. She watched Dumb and Dumber 2 and uh, ended up liking it. So this time around, you did Tommy Boy, which is a movie I love and I've seen 20 or 30 times. Um, I didn't watch the whole episode, but I did see your clip you posted on Twitter about the Dan Aykroyd uh, interaction you had. Um, what happened there? Okay, so... Um... One of those things where it's another Shelly story. So <laughs> I went to this Halloween party that Carmen Electra was hosting. And I had no idea like what it was going to be all about. I just love Carmen Electra. So I was like feeling fancy that I got to go to her Halloween party. And um, it's so crazy because leading up to it, I had this whole issue with David Faustino, as we've talked about in our past episodes. And so I had beef with him. And so whenever I'd go out in Hollywood, I'd always look for David Faustino. And I started recording it for my website back, shallymartinez.com. Shout out to the old school subscribers. And it was called Bud, um, Project Bud Bundy. And it was me trying to find him so I could tell him off. So... I remember the people I was with, I was just like all on a natural high because it was Carmen Electra's party and I just think she's great. And then my friend goes, oh God, Shelly, you'll never guess who's here. I was like, what? He's like, it's freaking David Faustino. I was like, where? And so <laughs> at, before I go to see him, I see Dan Aykroyd. And then I was like, oh my gosh, Dan Aykroyd. Now, ever since I could remember till present days, I have very vivid and lucid dreams. That's just who I am. And I remember almost all of them. So in detail. And since I was a girl up until, oh gosh, I can't even remember the last time I had this dream, but definitely um, in my twenties. And that's when this happened. Uh, I would have this reoccurring nightmare about this like house. And it wasn't until I was older, I realized that, a lot of the movie Nothing But Trouble was like in my nightmare. And it wasn't necessarily because I grew up watching that movie and loving it that it was in there. It just like kind of clicked when I was older, like, wow, that's like the same kind of vibe. So 
I had to tell Ackroyd that. So I go up to him and I tell him just that, that it trips me out. And then he like totally reacted in the weird way. He was like his, almost like he saw a ghost. He goes, hold on a second. (laughs) He goes and grabs this guy. He goes, this is my business partner or something like that. He was like, tell him what you just told me. And I told him. And they start laughing. He goes, you know, I wrote that based on a dream that I had. I was like, no way. So, of course, that made me totally interested, even more so in Dan Aykroyd. I mean, I've always been a fan of his work and stuff. And again, nothing but trouble. I just love that film to this day. And um, we're just chit-chatting. And I was like, hey, I have this podcast with my sister. I would love to have you as a guest if you're down. Because I'm the type of person, I don't care how famous you are, I will always try to get my shit in. I will always try to get it in. And so he agreed and he gave me his number and I was so excited. And then um, our conversation ended and then I went off and told Bud Bundy off. But P.S. Bud Bundy ended up apologizing to me. So we're okay. But um, so a few days later, I coordinate to get a camera guy because I usually have with my podcast. I would just have like, you know, recording it audio. But it was Dan freaking Aykroyd. So I was like, dude, I have to have some like BTS of this. So I got a camera guy. I'm coordinating with Aykroyd. At the time, that's when House of Blues and Sunset Boulevard was around. It's no longer. And he owned it. Or I don't know if he owned it or was a part owner, but he somehow was involved in it. And he was like, hey, we're filming some stuff here. Why don't you just come on down? And so I wanted to make sure. This is the whole thing where you I have like... A clear example of why I always have to practice, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. I was trying to be respectful and I was like, okay, so it's going to be me and my sister and my camera guy. And then that's when he changed his whole tune and he ended up flaking out on me and I never heard from Dan Aykroyd again. So I was just like, mother effort. And I remember telling the story. I used to be friends with McFoley. And I remember telling him the story and for years he'd be like, are you sure? Are you sure? Maybe something else came up. I was like, why did he stop texting me back then? Like, what the hell? And so he was even trying to take up for Aykroyd. But I was like, no, dude. Luckily, it's not one of those things where when I have encounters with people who I'm a fan of, fan of their work, where I can't watch their stuff anymore because I'm just like, oh. <laughs> it didn't happen. Like, I still love his stuff. But yeah, dude, Dan Aykroyd, like he, he's a, as they said in wrestling, a K favor. Hmm. I just found him on Twitter. Uh, so I'll be tweeting him later. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because um, Gunny the Sacred Cow podcast has been uh, tweeting that clip and tagging him. So hmm. I wonder if A, he remembers and B, if when you tag him, he's going to be like, here comes that bitch again. <laughs> on that thread so his name is in it and when he can see the video too if he hasn't seen it and uh, we'll see if we can get him on the show that should be a great episode and here's the thing i'm so sad that it didn't work out because first of all when i was talking to him in person i liked his vibe like i was very enchanted by him maybe that's a good thing that he flaked out i don't know but like mrs Ackroyd. You know, and so I was very just like, wow, like I, I love like there was something about his vibe. And there's certain people that I've met throughout my life, very small few that enchant me like this. And they're people you wouldn't really think like Dan Aykroyd, 
Paul Heyman. Um, those are two off the top of my head. But um, I just, I would have loved to really like try to pick his brain because I know he's very into the supernatural and um, I don't know, and the whole mysticism and all this. So he just had me so intrigued. Like I wanted, who is Dan Aykroyd? That's what I wanted to know. I wanted to dig deep, even if it wasn't for the podcast, just like more, I wanted more conversation. As they say in show business, he left me wanting more, but he said, no more for you bringing your camera guy and your sister. <laughs> it's so weird. I've been thinking about it since I watched the clip. The obvious conclusion to come to is that he wanted to shoot his shot as it were. And I guess he felt the other people would be an encumbrance. I don't know. Um, maybe you think someone like Dan Aykroyd would have more confidence in that. I'd be like, yeah, bring whoever you want. I'm still going to be like, you know, hitting on you and trying to get you in the sack or whatever. But I, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just doesn't, you know, maybe he doesn't have that kind of game where he thought he could fight around two other people to get your attention, but you were clearly interested. So, I mean, you know, Very. I'm the build on. It's, it's crazy because let's say he just was like, ah, this dumb girl's podcast. Nah. But like, he was going back and forth with me. Like, it's mm -hmm. kind of like I equate it to when you get a guy's number or a girl's number and you're going back and forth in conversation with text. And then all of a sudden they just stop and you're like, what did I do wrong? Like, I don't understand. I thought we were on the same page. So I don't know what the deal was. I I don't really go out. I mean, I don't know if he where he still lives here in town, but I don't really go out to places where he'd probably be anymore. I live by the mountains now. I don't really live close to Hollywood. So I stay over here. But um, I do, I, sometimes I do when I am in that neck of the woods, I'm like, I wonder if I see Aykroyd. If I do, I'm going to see if he remembers me. We'll see. We'll find out. I'll pester him on Twitter <laughs> to a response. I mean, you feel guilty. You know, you left poor Shelly high and dry. You really could make it up if you come out on the smoke out with us. I don't know if he smokes weed. I know his buddy Jim Belushi grows weed and has a whole show about it and all that stuff. So, you know. Maybe he wants to come out and smoke with us. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't it? We'll see. Come on, Danny boy. <laughs> We've ever done this show and we said we want to get this person on, like this celebrity for whatever reason, and I tweet them and they don't seem to care. Well, you know, like I told you many times before, you associate yourself with me. That's a, a career ender right there. You know, no one wants anything to do with you. You immediately, oh, he's involved with that girl. No, sorry. <laughs> to respond or Doug Benson or anybody. Oh my God. It's so funny because long story short to you people out there who um, have only seen our show here on channel attitude. Um, we've had many, many, many other episodes and an ongoing gag that we've had is my beef with Doug Benson. Now, it's just funny to me now, but there was a time I really had a beef with him. And it's so funny because it was like a month or so ago, I was going through my Twitter to my direct messages and I was scrolling through it because I was trying to find a specific old conversation I had so long ago. And I was trying to look and I couldn't believe how many 
like there was a good handful of celebrities that I had no idea at one point followed me and were hitting me up in my DMs. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's probably good. I didn't know that then because I probably would have jumped on that and that wouldn't have been good. So um, it's funny because when I would go online and talk crap about Doug and we would tag him, <laughs> we would tag him. He DM'd me and he was like, you know, this isn't a competition. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I seen it, oh. but wow. I don't follow him, so I didn't see it. That sucks. I know they missed opportunities. Can I you... did. I'm I gonna did. keep. I'm gonna keep tweeting. I don't care. I'll tweet these people. <laughs> I'll check my DMs more often too. <laughs> Someone will say yes, and they will come on the show. That'd be awesome. I'm also gonna tweet David Faustino. He seems kind of. He seems to be the last thing he tweeted I just saw was like July 5th. So, you know, he's semi-active on Twitter. I don't know if he's still in the cannabis industry or not. I know he was like interested at the very least. So, And we're totally cool. Like I've done a good handful of um, conventions he was at and like whatever. So I'm glad. That's why I go after these celebrities that I have issues with. Because nine times out of 10, I end up getting apologized to. It's not like I'm just like looking for trouble to mess with celebrities. It's like I'll meet them or be in a situation, especially back in the day when I was on TV. I'd be around a lot of different people um, where they were like dicks. And it's like just because you're so-and-so doesn't give you the right to be a dick. And the fact that I'm a hot girl with big boobs. I use that for my advantage of like, I could kind of get away with it more than just random, whatever. So I don't know. It's just, it's funny, but it has backfired on me a couple of times. Like I've mentioned on a show before, there was a um, boy band member who was very rude to me. And so I called him out and for months I was telling my friends, F him, blah, blah, blah. Who does he think he is? And so he not only apologized to me, but after he apologized, I took him by the hand to my friends. I said, now you need to apologize to my friends because they've been having to hear how much you've been a douchebag. I was like, don't worry, guys. He's not a douchebag anymore. And then I ended up dating him. So like, come on, Shelly. No, no. That's like cancels out the whole thing. So I've messed up like that a couple of times. There's a part of you drawn to the douchebags. You know, it's true. Not anymore. I've learned since I'm 65 years old now. You know, I've been around the block. I've Age learned a lot. No more douchebags. Technically, it's depending on who you speak to, uh, you're still associated with a douchebag by doing this show with me. <laughs> <laughs> Last Twitter celebrity beef I had, I think, was Sebastian Bach. I forget what, what it was now, but I think we weren't arguing about it. I forget, but I was... I know I got some good digs in, and he kept responding, so good for him. And he never blocked me. He blocked a bunch of other people, but he didn't block me. For what reason, I don't know. That was during our friendship, wasn't it? Because I, I kind of remember months. this. Yeah. It was during the uh, the hiatus of the show. And, um, I remember this. <laughs> I remember. Like, I can't remember exactly the details, but I just remember laughing that you were <laughs> going at it with Sebastian Bach. Back in the day, I would have uh, – I would try to get, like – Jobs at like a local radio station. We have a local radio station around here. I want to be a DJ on. So I'd have fans of my show 
call them and write them and tweet them. So they blocked a bunch of my fans on Twitter. And um, one guy who I got to meet years later and told him this story. He's a pretty cool dude. He's a DJ named Shroom. And uh, we have a recording because I would give people like retweets and shit if they send me recordings of like the phone calls that they would call in. So he calls in. He's like, hey, Stern, Jesus wants to be on the, the channel or whatever. And Shroom told this guy that I've been in a motorcycle accident and that I've been decapitated. <laughs> so I had, I can't find the clip anymore. I had it on my show. I wish I could find the actual clip of him saying that. And I told him years later, he said he didn't remember it. He thought it was funny. But um, I said that also, I had a bunch of them tweet the guys from Opie and Anthony when Opie and Anthony were still a show. Opie, Anthony, and Jim Norton. Jim Norton has me blocked to this day. Um, I remember his tweet to me specifically because I was trying to tell him about my podcast. I have a bunch of people tweet them about my podcast. His exact quote was enough fucking spam about your fucking podcast. End quote. <laughs> I made that into a meme and with like his, his face and I put it on there. I use it a lot to promote the show. But he still has me blocked. Opie and Anthony didn't respond, but he responded to like me and a bunch of other fans. And it was fun back in the day, getting on celebrities nerves on Twitter. Nowadays it's all, you know, I'm afraid to get suspended. I say the wrong thing. I called uh, Keith Olbermann like a pussy twat or something like that. And I got 12 hour suspension. So I gotta watch what I do. I, I found myself wanting to put like asterisks now and like then cuss words. When I call someone a pussy or an asshole or a retard on Twitter, I gotta put in the fucking asterisks so I don't get suspended. It's bullshit. I'm being censored by the fascists at Twitter. Fuck them. It really is because there was a time not too long ago that I tweeted how olive oil of Popeye and olive oil, you know, mm -hmm. how she's a bitch to Popeye. Like she's a bitch to Popeye. And I don't understand. And I said something like, I hope Popeye um, realizes he's better than this toxic relationship or something like that. And then Twitter like flagged me saying like that I was being bullying or harassing towards olive oil. And I'm like, what? <laughs> she's a bitch. She's very skinny. She can't defend herself. She's very fragile. Freaking Popeye. Popeye. Twitter. Who's that bitch? She's she sucks. Twitter is shit. Um, I saw some tweet interactions you had earlier this week about the uh, we lovingly refer to or mockingly refer to whatever as the feet guys, the people who want your feet content, their foot fetishes, whatever, and the notion that they. Um, they're submissive, I guess, to the most for the most part. They like to be dominated by people. They like to be, you know, treated badly, whatever. Um, do you have any more uh, thoughts on that? Are you going to re? Are you going to re-enter the foot model community? Are you staying on hiatus? What is the latest with Shelly's feet? I'm glad you brought that up because here's the thing. <laughs> Let's get into the tweet that I wrote about it because that's just the conversation really says it all okay i put okay this was my original tweet no offense but it's always the foot fetish people who waste my time now the reason why i put this is as i've mentioned before i stopped doing or pushing the foot modeling the reason why i wanted to even do it was because for years especially during my wrestling career People have always asked, can I see your souls? Can I see your feet? It's always the souls. I think the souls is as equivalent <laughs> as a nipple. Like, I swear to God. So 
one day I was sitting in my backyard and I had my skater socks on, which were really cute. I've been wearing them forever. I used to wrestle in them. And I was like, this would make a really good picture right now. Cause I had like my foot in the grass and I thought, huh, maybe I should like be a foot model. And the way I looked at it was the demands there because throughout my career, people have asked me that so many times. And then I started looking it up and then I found all these articles of gals who got rich off of being a foot fetish model. And the way I thought of it was, wow, I can even be like all busted and not feeling good, but it's just my feet. So like, how easy is that? Like if there's money to be made, why the hell not? What people do with that content is not my business, but we know what they're doing. <laughs> I was like, why the hell not? <laughs> so I reached out to one of my fetish model friends and she was like, that's a really good idea. And so I ended up buying the website, Shelly'sFootClub.com, had the whole thing. I was filming really cute content. I'd even do stuff with me like smoking and like blowing it on my feet and all this. Really <laughs> awesome, high quality content, fellas. High quality. Dude, that whole journey, these foot guys are so cheap. And they waste my time, like I said in this tweet, because they want to go back and forth about what I would do. And the reason why I go back and forth with them for like what they wanted to buy was because I would never want to like take someone's money and then they get something that's completely not what they wanted. That makes me feel like I kind of like swindled them or something. I don't like that feeling. So I understand that people want to pay good money for a custom content they want to know what they're buying. So that's why I was like, okay. But then after a while, I was just like, dude, after two questions, that's it. If they don't give me the payment, forget it. And then after that, I changed it to if after one question, da, da, da. And I remember when I first started doing it, there was, I got so many messages from dudes selling, saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe somebody like you that has had the career you had is openly doing this. So I thought, Wow, I'm even a more diamond in the rough because like I came from wrestling. I had my 15 minutes of fame. So people know me and girls don't openly do this. It's kind of like a secret or they don't do it at all. So I was like, awesome. Like I can really like make some nice side money here. I just was like, and then the dudes just wanted me to talk crap to them, put them down. And if that's what people want to do, that's fine. But it doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make me feel good to sit there and be like, you're not good enough to sniff my feet. Like, it makes me feel weird. Like, no offense. Everyone has their own thing. But, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend my time doing that. And the fact that I was putting out high quality with my good camera, paying attention to lighting, paying attention to detail. And it's like, they don't care. All they care about is like getting the photo or just talking about getting the photo. So I retired all that. I quit doing all that. But sometimes on my site, I will get requests. Um, my link tree for my secret society, my exclusive fan club. So like anyone that's, even if they're not a member can write on there and submit like a request. So when I wrote this tweet, there were two dudes who were like doing the foot guy thing, wasting my time. And I was just like, so when I wrote this, I was at the point where I was like, you know what? 
I'm just going to go back to saying no. It's not worth maybe getting a couple bucks when like it's just too much work. Whereas like my other stuff I do that's just like sexy stuff. I don't have to sit there and like waste so much time. So a fella, J-Dog, replied to this and he said, this is true. One in seven like feet and there and there is easy access to see for free. You like the idea of discussing, uh, discussing, discussing and getting off to it, but not spending the money. I've been guilty of this. Sorry. So I was like, okay, maybe he's one of those dudes have, that have wasted my time before. So I appreciated it. So I retweeted him and I said, exactly. Moving forward, I'm no longer going to offer custom foot fetish orders. If people want to see my feet, they can go to my clip store because I do have a clip for sale store and my old foot, Shelly's foot club stuff was on there. I kept it on there. And so then he replied, first of all, you, you little jerk, send me <laughs> a young bucks photo. <laughs> <laughs> and then he put, yep, I agree. You're not foot specific model. Too much other stuff going on. I'd be more, wait, I'd post more edgier content. Maybe a video of you being mean and telling to kiss feet in the clip store or threaten to step on face POV, people will flock to that. And to me, I was thinking, see, this is why I don't want to do it. I thought people just wanted pictures of my feet or videos of my feet and do what they got to do. I didn't like, I wasn't down with this whole degrading thing. So then I reply, why do footboys like it when girls are mean to them? Now I've asked this question so many times to foot people, like so many times, not one person has ever answered except J dog answered. He put some are ashamed that they have a foot fetish and it excites them more when someone is mean and telling them to kiss their feet. Also, some were bullied or had a mean parent and are now sexually thrilled by it. All mental shit. But most people who buy impulsively will buy this type of clip. So it's so funny because this all happened recently. And then last night when I came back from my photo shoot, I go to unwind, put the TV on. And it was an episode of King of the Hill when Peggy Hill finds herself being in the foot fetish world. And she didn't mean to. Now, I hate Peg <laughs> Hill, but I was like, this is so interesting because I've seen this episode before. But because of this conversation, I was like looking at it completely different. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Unfortunately, I was like a Peggy Hill in the sense of I thought I was doing something else. Like I thought it was something else. Now, she thought it was about empowering women and because she had big old ugly feet. But I looked at it as just easy money. Easy money. There's a demand and need for it but I wasn't willing to go the extra mile. So to answer your question, no, no more feet modeling at all. When people hit me up, how much is it to see your souls? Zero, because I'm not showing you my souls. My, my souls aren't for sale, bitches. You all ruined it. That's all it takes. Ruin it for everybody else. Now, no more, uh, no more competition between Shelly's Foot Club Instagram and our Instagram, which we were losing, but that's fine. Well, you won now. That's right. Won by default. Outlasted 
our Instagram, our show Instagram outlasted the foot club. So <laughs> victory. I'll accept victory. Thank you. You're it's welcome. So, <laughs> in life. That's what you got to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. J-Dog sounds, uh, well, he's either very introspective with his own shit or he's some kind of psychologist or something, or he spends a lot of time thinking about this. I mean, I don't know why someone would if they didn't either A, have a foot fetish, or B, were some sort of psychology major or something. I don't know why you spend so much time thinking about it, but it is I think from the tweets, he's a foot guy. He's one of these yeah. foot guys, and he was just trying to help me understand some things. He even I, I didn't get even more into it, but there was even like a tweet he wrote to me saying like, because of my aerial character, it would probably do really well if I dressed up as aerial and um, did a foot video. And I was just like, you know, Shelly may have sold out a little bit there, but Ariel doesn't mess with it. She has no time for that. So it would be awesome. And probably get a lot of clicks on YouTube is if you walk down the street and just find random men and just kick them in the balls as hard as you can. That's another fetish. There's this guy that I've worked for before and um, his whole thing, like when I would do videos for him, it was all about the belly, belly punching. So it's like in a wrestling ring, we're always in bikini and it's always about punching the belly. And I am Shelly, the belly Martinez and playing this whole thing. I don't do them anymore, but I did them for a while. Good pay. Um, very respectful to me as well. But I didn't know until quite a few years in working with this guy that his personal thing was that he liked getting kicked in the balls. And so I was at a shoot where we did our belly shoot and there was a bunch of girls. There was a huge shoot. And the way I found this out was when we were done with all the belly stuff, the last thing was all of them lined up in the wrestling ring and just started kicking in the balls. And I was like, oh, my God. And so. To this day, when I talk to him, because he's very nice, so I still talk to him. Um, I was like, dude, I worry about your balls. Like, seriously, it can't be healthy. Like, all jokes aside, like, it cannot be healthy to be kicked so hard in the balls all the time by different people. I think he even lets people trample on them. It's like, that's not good balls health. Like... That's, I feel like there can be some real ugly damage that's not reversible. Like, I worry about this fellow, but um, I always tease him though. Like, when I, when I see him, I'll act like I'm gonna kick him, and then I'm like, You wish, you're like, Oh, <laughs> but I just to each their own, not judging, but it's just very hard for me to understand now. Now that I know with this book guy, J Dog, explaining it. It does help me understand a little bit more the foot people, but the balls, like. <sighs> I have to imagine as a man that he doesn't feel what most men feel when they either hitting the balls or kicking the balls. I've been hitting the balls a few times quite hard and it's debilitating. I mean, it's just, you are, out of commission for however many seconds, depending on how hard they hit you. The best way I can describe it is, at least for me, and it may be different for every, every guy. I don't know. I've never really talked about it with guys. For me, when someone kicks me or hits me in the balls, it feels like someone has cut off my balls and then they were pulling my insides out through the hole. And it feels like my stomach and everything is just going to dump out 
And it's like that for, like I said, however long that, you know, however hard they hit you is commiserate or whatever with, you know, proportional to how long it lasts and how much you feel. But I got to think something like that. Just they can't feel that. They, and for them, there's so little pain that it's just, you know, it's a chick touching their balls, however they can get their balls touched. There's no way you can feel that kind of debilitation and have it done to you over and over again. There's a show called um, Go Big Show on TBS. Uh, Bert Kreischer hosted it. And there's a dude on there who got kicked in the balls and his shit dropped on his balls and all kinds of stuff. is like his talent. And something like that, they just, there's no way they feel that. Or they would avoid it at all costs like most men do. Most men will avoid that as much as they can for their entire life. So I can't imagine it being a sexual thing. But here's the thing. This house that I used to shoot at, the one I told you where the guy had the camera and the toilet and everything. Oh, yeah. That's where we shoot a lot of these belly punching videos. And I remember after I experienced these girls kicking them him in the balls one by one, um, the guy who owned the house I think he used to get jealous that I was so friendly with the ball guy. <laughs> try to like always talk crap about him to me to try to like get me to either be against him or just to like make him look bad or something. And he would tell me about times where there'd be shoots there, not shoots, but just private sessions where girls would be kicking him. And he would get so sexually excited that his crotch area would just be very wet from him coming multiple times during the session. So I never asked this guy, and I know he'd tell me probably if I asked him, because like I've known him for, gosh, over 10 years now. But I'm kind of scared to ask him what the appeal is, because I think it would make me feel sad. <laughs> I can't imagine being a hot chick on the internet or someone who sells content on the internet. You're literally at any point you have access to the collective creepiness of all mankind and dudes. There's a lot of creepy fucking dudes. I mean, all dudes are somewhat creepy. They're also somewhere on the scale, like the autism scale on the creepiness scale. All dudes are somewhere on the creepiness scale. But the dudes on the internet, like the reply guys, and a lot of people that buy the content stuff and buy a lot of the content, unfortunately, they're towards the end that is the creepier part. They were the people who used to, like, you know, do shit in their basements or whatever back in the day, but now they have access to the internet. So any chick with big tits and a Twitter, they can tweet them or send them a message or buy their OnlyFans or whatever and have access to them. And I can't imagine the constant <clears throat> assault. Uh, of different creepy requests, replies, paragraphs, whatever, videos, dick pics. Well, we've talked about on the show before. I've gotten dick pics in the Instagram because they think they're sending it to you. And I have to keep explaining to people, Shelly's not going to see your dick. I'm the dick wall. Your dick's not going to get past me to Shelly. Shelly's never going to see your dick. I'm sorry. That's what you... There's this dude on Instagram. He writes all the time. You're so hot, Shelly. I love you, Shelly. He's always sending messages to the Instagram. And I don't, you know, write him back. But I, I mean, I guess I will have to eventually and say, look, it's me, Stoner Jesus. You're the one. I'm the one you're telling how hot Shelly is. 
that's not getting to Shelly either. Shelly has no idea who you are. And she never will. So I can't imagine. There's been a little taste. I can't imagine what it's like for a content creator or a female content creator, what you get every day as far as like, you know, the, the collective creepiness of, of dudes. That's why I don't check my DMs because like on Instagram, it's better because unless I follow you, it goes into like the spam, whatever. And I don't ever look there. Um, so my clothes that, what's that? I can't imagine what's there. Oh my gosh. And then <laughs> it sucks because sometimes people who like, I personally know, but maybe don't follow, they get all pissed off because they'll be like, I messaged you. I'm like, well, I don't follow you. Like, God, like there's other ways to get a hold of me, but on Twitter, there, there was a time when I had ShellyMartinez.com years ago in like 2009. Um, the guys that were my webmasters at the time, they had access to my Twitter because they had this whole thing set up to where as soon as people followed me, they would get like an automated thing saying like, Hey, here's my content. Go follow. So because even though I don't follow them, at one point, they got that direct message way back when. There's a lot of people that can continually write me on there because I sent them out from my account that one thing so that could keep, keep replying. So that's why I just never check it. And that's why, like, these people who were in my DMs, I had no idea because unless people – I get the alert because I follow them, like, I don't look at it. And the reason why is because it's too much. It's just, it's too much. And I'm a type of person, I've always been this way. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it sucks. I really absorb energy. So when people write me or whatever, it can really affect me more than somebody that could just be like, ah, oh, whatever. And um, that's why I just, I, I can't, I don't, I don't need, I have enough issues in my life. I don't need added weird energy being thrown my way. It's just like, you know, and then there's people that are get pissy over and it's like, well, you know what? Then join my site. You can direct message me on there. There and that's so it's a weird place. There's just, there's too many people on it. With too many things going on. And I try to avoid it. I mean, I have to be on it for like promotion and shit like that. But other than that, I, a toxic place. Twitter is a fucking toxic place. That's a thing. It sucks because I've become that person. I used to be very personal on my Twitter. But now it's like you look at my what I tweet, nine times out of ten, it's just me promoting stuff. Whether it's promoting people I like, promoting my own stuff, like that's about it. In the mornings, Monday through Friday, I watch a show called Tune In With Me, and I'll write about that. But, like, or when I go to the bathroom in the morning, my first dump of the day. Sorry to break it to you people out there, but, yes, that's when I'm on Twitter. When you're like, wow, Shelly's always on in the morning. I'm on the toilet. <laughs> that's, a, that's a place to get a lot of the, the best Twittering done. It's true. Toilet. It's true. It's my newspaper. Like instead of every newspaper, I go, oh, let's see. Because the people I do follow, I'm genuinely interested in what they got going on. But like, it's crazy because there's some people that I, I truly like. I think they're like, I like them. But I've had to mute some people that I like just because 
with like how the times are these days, I'm just like, whoa, like it is nothing to me, you know what I mean? But it just like the kind of, I don't mean to sound mean, but to me, they come off very brainwashed with the agenda that goes on in life and the things that they push out there. So it's like, it's just a little too much. I have to take breaks from people's Twitter feed sometimes because I'm just like, dude, that's just like, ah, like relax, smoke a bowl or something. Like, God, like it's too much getting all up. It's like, are people just bored and like, they just want to bitch? I don't know. That's exactly what a lot of it is. Like I said before on this show and other shows, a couple hundred years ago, people worried about getting through the day alive. You know, women were worried about dying in childbirth and making it into their 40s. They have real shit to worry about. And now people can fucking dye their hair purple and get on Twitter and spew fucking nonsense all day at people and at politicians and at celebrities and whatever. And they have all the time in the world because they don't have a job, live in their parents' basement, mooching off their parents till they're 45. And they just have all, they don't have any real worries. They don't have, they don't have to worry about if they're going to die tomorrow from, you know, dysentery or malaria or some shit. And they, they still have that same 24 hours that people back then had that was filled up with worry about death and destruction and finding food or whatever. And now they got to fill up that 24 hours with their stupid nonsense. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to be one of those guys, one of those, you know, get off my lawn old dudes, but the fucking younger generations were screwed. These are the bitches that are going to be taking care of me. When I'm old, I'm fucked. I have nothing. There's going to be nothing there, but just fucking just pussy fucking people who can't handle life or strife or tragedy or whatever. And they're going to be the ones running shit. We think it's bad now. Oh man. You ain't seen nothing yet. These people get power instead of old, you know, 90 year old people running fucking everything. It's going to be the next generation when those people die off. It's going to be people behind us. And this, uh, it's crazy. Like the entitlement, the laziness, like it's just crazy. Like I feel just like you. I feel like I've turned into the old lady shaking my fist saying, get off my lawn. It's like, I just can't. It's like whippersnappers. Like sometimes, like honestly, I have to pray about it. I'm like, God, please help me with this frustration I have with people because I can't control them. I know this. So why waste my time and energy being upset? But some of these, like it's, it upsets me. It's disrespectful. Like, you know, everyone's like, no one owes anybody anything, but just not being self-aware or not caring to be self-aware, to be able to function properly in society. A, whatever you do when you're at home, whatever. But when you're out there sharing the street with me, don't be an asshole. Don't be an entitled little bit. And then it's like the internet gives these people a voice that the ones that don't have the balls to be like that out there are doing it on the internet and that's like my form of entertainment at one point was that or my way to connect with people connect with people that i used to work with connect with people that i'm a fan of their work and then connecting with my fans it's like that really doesn't happen like it used to because it's not fun because of all these people bitching online about stupid dumb things that i'm just like 
oh my god like oh my god like really it's too much so before we get to the giveaway winner i've not forgotten i know a lot of you're watching this like jesus christ you're gonna say fucking one i will i don't i've forgotten i got it written down how much weed i smoke i'm going to remember because i write it down but first speaking of weed shelly wants to introduce a new segment on the show and it is accompanied by a picture that we see right there. So Shelly, what do we have going on here? Well, I'd like to introduce a new segment called Shelly Grows Pot. Yes, that's right. That's what I'm doing. <coughs> a good friend of mine that's a grower, he gifted me this little angel right here. And I thought, you know what? Why not bring it here to the show? Give you guys a little update. It's starting to look really nice. Um, back in about 2007-ish, um, I remember I bought some clones at the dispensary. This was one of the dispensaries. You had to have a recommendation to get in there and everything. Kind of prefer it that way, but whatever. But um, I got some clones, and my sister and I lived in this really cute place where, where my room was. There was like a skylight and then the windows. So, and the skylight wasn't like the um, kind of frosted skylight. It was like just like a window. And so I thought, whoa, I should make a grow room in there. So what I did is I got some um, some shower curtains and I put them all around where it was at. And I had them there and I'd go and take care of them. The house always smelled really awesome because of it. And they grew. They were getting ready. And then... I went and got myself a boyfriend and then I wouldn't be home because when you're new to a relationship, you're always off at that person. And I left Danielle to tend to them, but she didn't know what she was doing. And at the time she didn't care about cannabis and um, they died. So now this is my chance to revamp my green thumb, if you will. And I think it's going pretty well. Uh, he told me that as long as I take good care of it by October-ish, it should be ready to go. So we shall see. I thought it'd be fun to have this uh, little segment to show you guys and to keep me accountable to make sure I'm taking care of the thing. And this time I'm just going to go do a outdoor, see how that goes instead of keeping it indoor. Not that I had like hydro or anything like that going on, but you know, it was a little bit more controlled, I guess, and how I had it set up. So it's over there by my lemon tree. So hopefully my lemon tree and this little plant can be buddies and help each other, nurture each other. And it's just so cute. We shall see what happens. Absolutely. Do it. Does it have a strain name? It does. It's where that little green tag is. And I forget. <laughs> Next week, I'll make sure to let you guys know. <laughs> but um, it's, I believe, a sativa dominant. It's a hybrid, but it's a sativa dominant. Yeah. There's a good motivation because hopefully you don't want to come here on here one day and have to announce the sad death of your marijuana plant. I know. I know. <laughs> and if it goes well, I'd be interested in getting a couple plants and also a CBD one. I'd love to grow a plant that's mm. just more CBD because even though I love THC, don't get me wrong. And I, I think I've shared before on here. Not, I don't remember. Um, I used to think like, what's the point of CBD if there's no THC in it? But then I ended up learning what by um, 
using CBD, how awesome it is. So it'd be kind of cool to have like a couple of plants, like a, I'd like to have an indigo, sativa, a nice hybrid and a, a CBD plant. So this is my little tester and uh, we'll see how it goes. That's right. If he or uh, see if he or she lives. Yes. You're going to name it. I got to name it. We're, we're still bonding. So the name, you no. know, it'll come to you. Yeah, I got to feel it, you know, talking early, bro. I always feel energy. I got to bond with it more. And um, yeah, so I'm really excited about it. I think I have a good feeling about it. I think it'll be great. And what will be really awesome is when it comes time to harvest, if it's one of those strains where I'm just like, whoa, I only needed one or two hits. That's awesome. Like, I, I hope it's one of those. And if it's not, it's okay. I just strive to be the girl that people are like, damn, what is this? Oh, a little something I grew in my backyard. That's who I want to be. Just bragging rights. And it's not in a cocky way. It's just in a, it takes a lot of TLC to have something like that. So I want to, in a way, kind of give back to the cannabis plant by taking care of it. Kind of like how I have my dog and, you know, I have my yard and I like to take care of the grass and the plants, it's like, I don't know. There's just something about taking care of what take, takes care of you. And cannabis has been such a big part of my life for so long now. And it takes care of me in such a big way. So I want to take care of it back. <laughs> nice. It does take a lot uh, to grow good cannabis. You can't just, you know, fuck around. You got to know what you're doing. Don't bother. Grow crap, grow crap and get it out there. Fuck that. Don't bother. Don't grow anything unless you're going to put the time and the effort in to grow something good. That's what we want. We need good weed, not shit weed. We exactly. Need we, we need the good stuff. And I feel really hopeful about it because I feel if I come into any problems, like I have my grower friend to be like, okay, this is what's going on. Like I have somebody, whereas before, even though it was going pretty well when I was doing it back in the day, I didn't have somebody to kind of guide me or to be like, oh, you know, you need to be doing this or, you know, not too much of that or whatever. So um, that's why I feel really good about it because I have guidance this time. <laughs> that's right. It's good content too. People love that shit. Growing weed and weed pictures and all that stuff. Hell yeah. Before we get to the giveaway winner, buddy, I want to thank you for uh, for chilling with us all night. Do you have any questions or thoughts or or anything you want to say? Well, thanks for having me. Um, I was going to ask the strain, but you at, but you asked that before, so I, um, I do look forward to seeing how, the progress every week. But yeah. being here in Colorado, I'm it's too cheap for me to even try. You know, I oh, got yeah. this for fifty dollars an ounce. It's a Damn. Oh, yeah. Unless you those kind of prices, legal or illegal, really, and anywhere else. I never saw that as in, in high school. I'm kind of old. Hey, I remember, I'm old enough to remember when joints were $3. Back in high school, I think it was $80 for brick weed for an ounce. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the brick weed. I love to get the bag and like there's, there's like you, you have the corner of it. You can tell that it was a brick because you have one corner of it. All together, and it's all smooth on the other sides. And you can tell it's been broken off of a brick. Those were the days that I had going yeah, to like different places. Like yeah, go to ten different places. Like you got a joint, you got any fucking thing at all? No, go to the next place. Fuck that. 
See, I'm so spoiled because I didn't smoke when I was a teenager. I smoked when I was in WWE. And so the people around me that got me into it, they had like the top stuff. Like, so I started with like the top. I remember the first time I ever smoked, my friends, they would always do it. I probably got secondhand because I was always kicking it with them in the apartment. But when I remember, I'd always be the person to pass it like to the next person. And then one day I just like looked at it. I was like, all right, let's try it. And when I did it, everyone was like, oh, and I took the biggest hit and it was so good. It was not the starter kit. I just remember, I was like, oh my God, you guys, am I going to die? <laughs> it was awesome. But um, so I don't know about, like I hear from my friends, oh, the dirt weed or the brick weed and the seeds and the, you pick it all out and you only have a teeny bit left, like, you know, whatever. And I feel for you people that have gone through that, but I feel it gives you an appreciation of the good stuff these days. That's right. A lot more good weed than it used to be. That's for sure. Now, the all-important giveaway. A lot of people are excited. They get a couple signed 8x10s of Shelly. Do they get to pick those, or do you pick those, Shelly? Um, they can get whatever they want. If they go to goodvibrationsboutique.com, I have all those photos in stock. So they can pick what they want out of there. If they want all of them, I'm fine with that. If they just want a couple, I'm fine with that too, whatever they want. And of course, even more important than that, you get 10 minutes of private chat with Shelly. You can pick her brain about what she's learned about foot modeling <laughs> or whatever. Ask her why she hates the young bucks. But as I said, <laughs> something prepared. Just don't sit there and stare like some fucking goofball. Engage Shelly, ask her questions, talk to her, make her not regret spending 10 minutes of her life talking to you. <laughs> the best way. <coughs> Look at it. When it was very simply, Shelly, um, I just need you to pick a number between one and seven. That's easy. I go to my go-to, my favorite number in the whole world, and that's number four. Number four. Let me write that down because I will forget and I have to go back into the, the episode to see who it was. And that will piss me off. Anyway, so... Got that. The winner is, I'm going to give the whole email, obviously. The winner is Simon. Simon. All right, Simon. Yeah, Simon. <laughs> and your email begins with Simon, and there's some more stuff after that. You are a winner. I will email you. That's why I wrote it down. To make sure I email you to let you know that you have won, and uh, we'll get you into contact with Shelly, and uh, you'll get your prizes. you get your picture, and you're all-important 10 minutes. So Simon, if you're watching this later on when it gets posted tomorrow, whenever it gets posted, get ready. Get your notes together. Just think about what you're going to say. Maybe you have a theme, a beginning, middle, and end. I don't know. However you want to do it, just this is it. This is your 10 minutes. Don't fuck it up. That's all I can say. Because if you do fuck it up, then it will be an embarrassing she uh, story that Shelly tells on the next episode about how you fucked it up. There you go. Like this dickhead caught himself on fire while we were talking. <laughs> or something equally embarrassing. He pissed himself. Don't do any of that. Don't embarrass yourself. Come on. Have some dignity. Act right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, you try to show Shelly your dick, 
It's going to end the call, and we'll ridicule you on the show for the rest of the time that we have a show. Exactly, dude. Don't do it. I feel like Simon won't. I feel like Simon will be respectful. I feel like he'll be a good time. So, For example, Simon, I'm giving this away for free. I'm not charging you for this. Something you may want to do to make Shelly laugh is say, hey, uh, I'm going to show you a dick pic and then hold up like a picture of Dick Cheney. <laughs> the icebreaker. Like I said, free of charge. You can use it if you want to. If not, whatever. Stone exactly. Out. Well, speaking of dicks, something I wanted to talk about. I know we're almost out of time here, but real quick. And I'm glad that, you know, I have not one but two males here that can maybe chime in. I wanted to talk real quick about penis pumps slash implants. Because I was watching today Sex in the City when I was doing my cardio. And there's this episode where one of the girls gets married and the guy has, um, he can't get it up, you know, and she's just trying to figure out what they can do to help him. And so she's looking up on the internet and then she comes across the, the penis implant. And when they kind of showed it on the screen, how it looked, it triggered me. I used to date this guy, an eighties actor. And I remember when we get intimate, he would push down this part of his lower pelvis. And I remember thinking, does he have a penis pump or something weird like that? And he'd be like, just wait, just wait. And like, so I looked online and I was after I saw it and I looked to see how it worked. Like, is there like a button that you push? Like, and damn it, if there was. And I was just like, oh, I bet you that asshole, because he is an asshole. I bet you that ass, I bet you that dick <laughs> had a dick implant in him. And it was pretty big too. So I don't know. So what do you guys think about that? Buddy, you have any thoughts on penis pumps? <laughs> That's not something I'm going to invest in anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I look, I have. You can make fun of me for it. In all candor, that's what this show is about. I have an average size penis. But the notion that, because I would assume to get an implant, things have to be cut. The notion you're going to cut my penis, what if something goes wrong? What if, the one, what if there's an earthquake and one slip? Uh, not only is my penis useless, I can't piss anymore. I, I'm pissing in a bag that's attached to my hip the rest of my life. There's no fucking way that I'm going to let anyone in, anywhere near my penis with a scalpel or any other sharp instrument that's going to cut it open. And then you're going to put something in it that's like mechanical or a pump or some shit like that. There's no fucking way. I just, that's the only time I ever experienced something like that and i remember and here's what's interesting my frenemy that's on youtube she's youtube famous her and i dated this guy uh, the same guy and we have like vented to each other like the trauma that he's caused us because he's really a douchebag and like he's been in a movie where he plays a really big douchebag and that's exactly how he is in real life like <laughs> Exactly. And his character in the movie was Jim. So like sometimes when I'd get mad at him, I'll be like, all right, Jim. He'd be like, who's Jim? <laughs> but um, so I just like I completely forgot about until I saw that episode today that like it weirded me out because 
he would just like hold on and like pushing and then like i just and i wanted to ask this girl but like again we're frenemies so i just kind of didn't want to open that can of worms like hey did someone still have like a dick in or penis pub like what the hell was that because i know i know it has to be and when i saw the photos of like online today i was like dude that makes so much sense to where where he was pushing because i guess it said that it puts like almost like a saline kind of water in to fill it up or whatever and it also makes me realize why he could go for so long because he was one of those guys where it would, would go for so long that it would end up hurting me for days like like my vag was very destroyed during that time and it just wasn't pleasurable so it's like dude and it just made me think like it's one thing getting like a boob job as a girl because like it's still scary and it's still a lot involved yeah. but i don't know though but there is i i do i did hear that there is a boob job where it's kind of the same thing where instead of having to like if you start to go low like if they kind of like shrink a little like there's a thing where you can yeah dude like there's just one girl i knew back in the day and she had that so i guess it's the same but like i just couldn't i already freak out that i have these bags in me and how things can go wrong i can't imagine having this little pump or a pump that like or it's just weird to me oh and you're right like i like the way it looked it's like this like weird button and like this like tube so it's like is that tube up in like oh i don't know it, it's creepy all I can think about is if something goes wrong. What if something goes wrong with any of that? What if it stops working? What well, what happens then? You do not are you not able to piss or you're not able to get an erection? You got to go get it serviced, like at the hospital, like a fucking jiffy lube or something. They got to go in there and you know make sure it's working properly. I got I can imagine that there is a high correlation between guys who are douchebags and guys who have penis implants. The the emotional state you have to be in to be like yes cut my dick open, shove a pump in there and saline bags and give me a little uh, little thing like they used to have on the Reebok shoes where you could pump it up or the other <laughs> shoes. <laughs> that in me too. So I can, I'm with this, with this chick. I'm like, hold on a minute. I got to pump up my dick. It's going to be like two minutes. I'm going to sit here awkwardly and hit this, hit this little pump and now I'll be ready to go and destroy your vag all night. It's going to give me two minutes to get my mechanics together and get everything filled with saline and then we're going to go. I can't imagine doing any of that. Not to get too dark, but what also made me think earlier today when I thought about it was he, even though he's been an adult actor and has been in a lot of things, he started as a child actor and they put them through the ringer here in town. Like when you're a child actor, there's a lot of abuse that goes on and things like that. So I can only, and he was very young when he first like came out um, and with his career so it makes me feel like I wonder if that's part of why he thought it was worth doing because maybe he has a lot of really psychological issues. Well, duh, he's a complete douchebag. But as far as the penis goes, that's probably why it was worth it to him because they probably ruined him to be able to naturally get it up. And like when I dated him, he was, he was older than me, but he wasn't like an old dude. It wasn't one of those when I went for old dudes, but you know, he wasn't that old. So it's like, I don't know, man. 
And then when I was reading on it, it was kind of like with breast implants, like there's a shelf life on it to where you got to kind of get it replaced too. So it's not just like a one and done. It's like, you got to keep, do maintenance on it. And the thing that creeped me out the most wasn't just the button, but it was the tube. Cause I just was thinking like having like this tube in there, like. Did it make a noise like a, like a hydraulic jack or something? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God bless that guy out there. I hope his penis is all right, even though he's a douchebag. If it's not, he'll just get it replaced. Get a new one, a newer model. Maybe. Fuck that. That's crazy. Anyway, thank you, Shelly. That's a good note to end on. <laughs> penis implants. Don't do it. It's not worth it. If she doesn't like your penis, screw it. Who cares? Someone will. There will be somebody that will. They got pills. They got all kinds of pharmaceuticals. You got to do mechanical shit. Pop some Viagra. If your erection lasts for more than four hours, call a doctor or the ER or whatever. Go to urgent care. But don't. God, that's that's crazy. Fellas, take care of your penises and take care of your balls, okay? Even those pumps, like the, you know, just so you put the pump on it and you like squeeze a little thing. And I guess it's supposed to like draw the blood to it. I wouldn't even do that. What if you, you do it too much? What if it explodes? What if there's too much in it? Dennis Rodman wrote a book about his life like 20 years ago, I read. And a couple of stories stand out to me still from the, that book. But one of the major one was um, major ones, he described breaking his penis. He did something and it bent to the point to where like it was like an elbow on his penis. It took like months and months to heal. It was literally broken. And in that shape for for months, and it just, you can't fuck around down there. It's fragile. You break something, it's broke. It's just broke. Oh, uh. got that. Don't do that. Don't abuse your dick. You have one. You one. get one dick. You get two balls. You know, take care of the best you can. Shelly <laughs> and SJ, protect your balls. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, buddy. Uh, we'll be back here next week as well. We do it every Thursday night, and uh, we have a good time. I hope you had a good time, buddy, and thank you again for subscribing. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Not a problem. We're always here every Thursday, like I said. Thank you, Shelly. All right. Talk to you next week. See you all next week. Bye. Peace. <laughs>